Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Welcome to episode 124 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's the whole family for episode 124. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at RM Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. They are all coming along for season four. I don't think I told you, friends. Dan has told me that he is going to up the cents per listen to five cents per listen. Wow. So that's cool. It was two cents per listen last time. So thank you. If you're listening now, you just added five cents to the jar for our next charity. So that's pretty cool. Charity jar. Yes. Separate from swear jar. Well, no, because they all go into the same pocket. True. But separate jars. I still haven't figured out what uh, we've made for Veterans Outreach, but I promise I will do that soon. Peter, good to see you. Good morning to you. Right, it's morning over there. Yep, it's morning. Good good to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you. Todd, I'm happy to see you too. Thanks for being patient yesterday. Who is episode 124? Yeah, 24. So it's one of those numbers where it's one of the, once it's the best number, but it's one of the better numbers in terms of choices that we that we have. I thought about doing Johnny Gray. Because he was a guy from kind of our era, safety, played a decade or so with the Packers. But I think 24 has to be Willie Wood, Hall of Fame safety, played for the Packers from 60 to 71. And actually was a was a quarterback in college at USC. Went undrafted, picked up by the Packers as an undrafted free agent. Very quickly was uh, switched from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. Won a job at safety in 1960. You know, played on all of those championship teams in the 60s, five NFL championships, two Super Bowls, a Pro Bowler, I believe eight times, I want to say, eight-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro at safety and second on the Packers' all-time list with 48 interceptions and a very fine punt returner as well. Returned a couple of punts for touchdowns and just one of the mainstays of that Lombardi era and a Great, great player, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Packers Hall of Fame. Another one of those numbers, certainly for me, that when you see 24 for the Packers, you immediately think of, of, of Willie Wood. Another great player from the Lombardi era. Thank you for that. My favorite part of the episode, when you tell us stuff that's factual. So speaking of safeties, the Packers signed Mr. Simone Biles. <laughs> a.k.a. Jonathan Owens from the Texans. So I don't know what to think about this. Like, Peter, is this a just – is he a camp body? You don't usually see guys go from Houston to Green Bay, right, because that's a shit franchise to the Green Bay Packers. What are your thoughts on Jonathan Owens? I think he has a chance of making the roster. So I think this is 
probably the you know after the draft this is probably now the the, the Packers weakest position group when you account for depth as well so I think that he absolutely has a shot at making the roster whether he's a guy that's going to start you would doubt it but at that position the way the Packers safety group looks right right now who knows certainly going to compete for a roster spot I would expect him to kind of be competing for that fourth safety spot probably on the on the roster play some special teams I looked back at my draft notes about him from 2018. And the biggest note that I had was about how he was a very secure tackler. Very, very good tackle. Makes a lot of tackles, doesn't miss many tackles. Obviously something we're lacking. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing that I noted there was that he plays the majority of the time as a deep safety. So either in cover one or cover two, which again suits the Packers system because Joe Barry plays a lot of that cover two with two safeties deep. So it kind of seems to fit the Packers system. But like I say, I think he's a guy that's going to compete for one of those spots on the roster between 40 and 53 on the roster, I guess. I wonder why he went undrafted. And he's been around, right? He started with the Cardinals, I thought I read somewhere, and ended up with Houston. His contract is cuttable, for lack of a better term. Two-year, $1.4 million contract. That's... yeah. That's peanuts in the NFL. We'll see. I mean, safety. We need safeties, and we didn't really get anything out of the draft, so you got to figure something out. Clearly, Adrian Amos is not coming back. No. No. Like, that ship has sailed. And you're stuck with Savage. Right. No matter what. I mean, we talked about Darnell Savage ad nauseum. We're stuck with him. You just said that. What do you do with him? He has to play. You're Joe Barry. What do you do with Darnell Savage? I think he has to start still. I don't I don't think he's completely lost his job. I would pull him aside and say, hey, look, like this is your year to kind of pull it back together, try to reset. You know, last year's you need to just put that away and move forward. See how he reacts to that. It, it might and it might. He's played maybe not to like a number one draft pick like we expected, but he's played some decent years. Last year was just a train wreck for him. That and and kind of knowing that this would be his last year in Green Bay, maybe things will turn around for him. And maybe it's work in the offseason. Hopefully. He needs it. I wonder whether, particularly with Eric Stokes, the injury with Stokes, we don't know whether he's going to be able to go at the beginning of the season. There doesn't seem to be a lot of information around about Stokes. But I do wonder whether, at least initially this coming season, whether Savage competes for that kind of nickel slot corner position early where he can kind of concentrate on using the skills that, that he has. It's a position of need, again, for the for the Packers with Stokes, presumably out. We don't know his situation, as I said. He probably gets used there early, and then they kind of they kind of go from there. He has that athletic ability, and I think that he can use that in that position. It's not an ideal situation with that contract being fully guaranteed. To me, his future's clearly not, not with the Packers, and it's not a a deep safety spot either for me. He is playing for his NFL career because he hasn't done enough to show another team that he's worth a decent contract. And once you get on those bad contracts, then that's who you are. Teams think, well, this is a guy, Jonathan Owens. I don't mean to compare the two you know, skills-wise, but that's a guy who's never going to make a ton of money, even if he has a decent season in the NFL. Is Darnell Savage now going down that road too? He might be. 
he might be if he can't do more. So I'm with you, Todd, that he, he if he didn't do something, this is this is it, whether yeah. it's in Green Bay or not. The only thing I would say, though, is if Eric Stokes isn't healthy and he's not coming back on the outside, maybe Razul Douglas stays on the outside until Eric Stokes is healthy and then Savage plays his normal safety spot. But maybe then it's Razul Douglas's safety spot. And then, yeah, maybe he moves into the slot to play a little bit there because he is a talented, athletic dude, Darnell Savage. He should be a better player than he is from the skills that he has. He just hasn't done it. And in Darnell Savage's defense, I would say he's not the only one on the defensive side of the football that is like that, right? We're expecting a lot more from Rashawn Gary. We're expecting more from Devondre Campbell. And to me, when there's like a systemic issue like that, all on that side of the football, it points to coaching. It all points back to Barry for me. We'll see what he's got in store this year. I don't know. One point I wanted to make on Razul Douglas, I wonder if that decision's already been made safety spot is already his and they're just kind of stockpiling dudes behind him or something i don't know but that they've obviously floated that idea around so off the jonathan owens signing mason crosby's wife came on social media to talk to simone biles and said hey (laughs) i've got places you can go and you know we spent 16 wonderful years there and it was really places you can go to eat and that kind of thing And she really talked about his career as a past tense thing, that Mason is no longer going to be a Packer. Now, we've talked about Mason Crosby ad nauseum. Also, it's a youth movement in Green Bay. No Mercedes Lewis, no Randall Cobb, no Aaron Rodgers. They haven't come out and officially said that Mason Crosby won't be back, but unofficially, it seems like they have. Yeah. I think it's time. That what a dumb move. Like put that tweet out like that. It kind of puts yeah, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. They probably already have packed up. It sounds like they've already left town. Will Mason no. Crosby kick again? For anyone. I don't know. Should he? No. That's what I would say. But according to Peter, the Packers' new kicker that they drafted Blows. is shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. So maybe they, maybe he doesn't come back, but maybe maybe Crosby's like a phone call away. Keep him on speed dial. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Probably aging this. Sorry, I was just checking the draft guide to see whether those were the exact words that I used. Um, <laughs> he said he was shit. <laughs> Peter wouldn't use those words. He would say these excrement. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dung. <laughs> Peter thoughts on on this. Or we I think this the words would have been. Out? I think the words would have been something like, "Perhaps might want to improve his field goal accuracy somewhat." Yes, that, that, those would have been my yes, my it's words. The... Yeah, I think the Mason Crosby thing was. Um, so Adrian Amos and Mason Crosby, right, both had void years in their contracts that both voided a couple of months ago. I always felt that at the point the Packers allowed in, allowed those contracts to void, and therefore the dead cap hit their cap this coming year, that neither of those guys was coming back. Else they would have done something to prevent that happening, and they didn't. So I don't think it's a surprise, really, to anybody. It's another one of those. It's going to be a a transition position. Whoever wins that kicking job, whether that's Anders Carlson or somebody else, I think as both of you guys alluded to, it's something that we know has been coming, right? Whether it was last year, this year, it could have happened at almost any time in the last two or three years. 
And he's been one of the most outstanding kickers in Packers history and has come through in the clutch on multiple occasions. But it's time, you know, and if it didn't happen this year, it's going to happen probably next year. He's going to end up in the Packers Hall of Fame in five or six six years' time without without any doubt. Packers all-time leading scorer and all of that stuff. And yeah, I think there is a possibility that he gets to another team. And it may not happen before the season starts. Kickers, particularly young kickers, get cut very quickly if they if they don't pan out. It's very foreseeable to see him end up, particularly a team that plays indoors. Or warm weather. Um, I was thinking the same or exactly. warm weather. Yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him wind up, you know, come week three, a kicker gets cut or whatever, and he, he turns up at, you know, one of those indoor teams or, or or like say a warm weather team they're probably evaluating him now i'm sure pretty closely but like if he's kind of shaky they've got to bring in like a veteran kicker somewhere call up the dude that's selling cars or whatever it is they've right. got to have a list right that's a risky position i think the first name that comes to my mind and i, I don't know that he's you know he's been cut or assigned anywhere else is robbie gould at san francisco oh. Well, they drafted that kicker in like the third round. Exactly. Gould is still a good kicker. So for the 49ers to to go and draft Jake Moody in round three says they're all in on Moody, obviously. They're not going to draft the guy in round three they're not all in on. Gould is going to be out there. Hmm. Somebody's going to pick him up. Wouldn't that be great if he beat the Bears? (laughs) (laughs) That would be spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, especially if his kick... Hit both uprights and went up. And goes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be, oh my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. Jordan Love, a couple of weeks ago, signed a contract extension. Basically, it was the fifth year option, but not really. I was waiting to see whether or not there were, whether there were void years on that deal. I've not seen the final details to see whether there are void years on it. If there are, they're purely they're purely there to spread this year's salary cap number to, to right. lessen this yeah. year's number. You know, as you said, the actual dollars and cents number is very close to what he would have got with the fifth year option. But there's more for him up front this this year because there's a signing there's a guaranteed signing signing bonus in it. So so he gets very slightly less money than he would have got at the fifth year option, but he gets money earlier. You know, it's kind of a six of one and half a dozen of the other, as we would say. You had to do something with that contract. You can't go into this year without signing Jordan Love. You have basically committed to him. That would have been a freaking disaster. You let Aaron Rodgers go and then you don't sign the guy who you clearly think must be okay. That'd be absolutely stupid. Marcy sent me a thing saying that, and this is changing gears here, that Adamican Sue wants to catch on with the Packers, would hope to catch on with the Packers. Todd, I'm going to you first. Adamican Sue, Packer? Yes, we need it. He's a dick. I don't like the guy. No, same. But it doesn't mean that, I mean, I think our defense is, he's still obviously a serviceable, impactful player. He's getting up there in years, but. He's better or just as good as anyone else that we have. Peter, do you sign the Dominican Sue? Depending on what he costs. Sure. He's got to be cheap, right? You would think. Better be, yeah. Why he would want to come to Green Bay is kind of odd. But if you get him at the right number, then then why not? Why wouldn't you do it? 
you can't have enough good football players if he can still play, then absolutely. One of the things I saw when I was looking it up was that he will not show up for training camp, is what he said. Really? Yeah. No matter where he goes, he is not interested in training camp. He will show up week one ready to play. Fuck him, then. (laughs) Forget what I said. (laughs) Fuck him. Exactly. Yeah. I can't stand in Dominican Sioux. Like, I can't. Like, there are a few players that I that I wouldn't want to see in a Packer uniform. But once he was here, if he was stomping on somebody's junk, I'd be like, well, he's our, he's our guy. <laughs> he's our dick now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not somebody else's dick. That's right. Mm-hmm. Stepping on someone else's dick, but he's our problem now. <laughs> I hate that guy. I, I can't say it any differently. We have gone over the Packers draft picks, and I wanted to kind of real briefly go over the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings draft picks going forward. The Bears drafted in round one a tackle, Darnell Wright, with pick 10. They picked a defensive lineman, Jervon Dexter Sr. in the second round, Tyreek Stevenson in the second round. I was looking at Darnell Wright, he is a massive human being. Yeah. Like six foot eight, 360, somewhere in that area. But didn't he play right tackle the majority yeah. of his career at Tennessee? So he played what started, I think, about three quarters of the games he played. He started at uh, right tackle, maybe 70% of the games, because he played a bit of left tackle and a bit of right guard as well. But yeah, the majority of the time was. Was absolute, absolutely at right tackle. I think that it, he was one of those guys that started to get a lot of traction really late in the draft process, which is always a little bit bizarre to me when teams have been scouting these guys for three or four years in college and in high school before that, and all of a sudden in the month before the draft, they suddenly start getting traction. But he was one of those guys that started moving up draft boards right before the draft. And I think part of that was because... I think teams began to realize that he could be he could possibly be a left tackle as well as a right tackle and I think that gave him extra draft impetus yeah. as it were yeah. It's a nice pick. I think he's going to be a solid solid player. It's a position of need for the Bears. They picked him over Peter Skoronsky which I understood especially if they saw Skoronsky as a guard which lots of people did. So I think it's a solid pick. I think it's interesting to go right tackle at pick 10 that's very strange or unusual to do that but if like you said he can move to left tackle and play out there then it makes absolute sense I mean Justin Fields career depends on him or whoever they put at left tackle being able to play I just think it's interesting I did see too that Tevin Jenkins drafted him two years ago yeah they've already moved him into guard so they went. He went from right tackle to left guard. I don't know who plays left tackle for the Bears, but it should be this guy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would imagine, you know, and I don't know, but I, I would imagine that the Bears are going to try him at both tackle spots. You know, if he works out at left tackle, then fantastic. If not, he's their right tackle for the next decade. Todd, and I'm not asking you specifically about these guys because Peter's our draft guy. But if you're the Bears GM, you're picking linemen, 
right? I mean, you, you've seen Justin Fields play. You and I have agreed that Justin Fields can play and we think he can be a talented player. Where else do you go than line? Is there any other position that you would have been like, yeah, the Bears suck at receiver? You know, they picked up DJ Moore. Yeah. He's decent. I've never been a Chase Claypool fan. Everybody that's listening to this show knows that. DJ Moore, I think, can play. I would love to have seen him in a Packer uniform. Yeah. But you do have to pick guys along the way, right? I mean, maybe every team has a different philosophy on how they pick their guys and what they do with things. But it would make sense to me that if you don't have a ton of talent, because it's EQ St. Brown and a bunch of losers in that room, besides DJ Moore and Chase Claypool, that you would pick a wide receiver somewhere. Donnell Mooney as well, don't forget. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Who isn't a bad player either? So now they might be okay there. But I'm with you that they need to pick. You got to have wide receivers to catch footballs. Yeah, He can't run every dog on play. This Roshan Johnson that played for Texas, played behind B. John Robinson, hard to yeah, tell I mean, how I, good he could be. I really liked it. And partly on that basis that you think that he could go under the radar because he played behind B. John Robinson. He was one of those guys that if, if the Packers had drafted him in about round three or round four, I'd have said, okay, that's not a position of need for the Packers, but you know what? He's a darn good football player, and I and I like that pick. So, yeah, nice player. So the Lions got beat up on, not social media, but by draft experts on what they did in the draft. I'm just going to say that, say that Dale is not a draft expert, but I did pick that Jameer Gibbs would go – I think in the 12, 13 range when we did our mock draft, they picked him at 12. Why can't he go at 12? Is it just the positional thing, Peter, now that running backs have no value? It's absolutely the positional thing, coupled perhaps very slightly with the size thing. So he's a small guy, you know, he's 5'9". So he's one of those kind of, I always think of, when I I see those backs that are like 5'9 and 200 pounds, I think of Joe Morris that played for the Giants, Mm because it was kind of the first of that kind of breed of backs. But, yeah, I mean, it's it really is the, the, you know, the the modern-day not-picking-running-backs-in-the-first-round thing. You know, if if this was 20 years ago, I don't think anybody would be surprised. You know, running backs would go number one, number six, number ten. Nobody gave it a second thought. But I think it's just this recent last five, ten, ten years, I guess, where... Running backs just aren't aren't valued in the draft. I'm tired of keep putting you on the spot, but you look at the Lions roster and you watch them play last year. Where would you have gone as the GM of the Lions? And I'm putting you totally on the spot here. <laughs> I guess off the top of my head, maybe linebacker. Which they did do. Which they did do. Yeah, in round one. So Peter, they got beat up for this guy too, Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Inside guy, right? Inside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not a usual first round pick. It's kind of like the running back position, right? Like that's kind of yeah. falling off. I mean, the Packers picked AJ Hawk many, many moons ago in the first round. But they you can't do that ago. anymore. Well, you you can. I mean, the Packers picked, you know, Quay Walker last year. It's just unusual. And I and I and I think again, you look at I guess part of it is would he have been there in round two? Right, and and I would suggest the probability is that he would have been. So I think that's what you know makes people think. And I and I, I think you you just go back to I guess you look at those premier positions in round one. 
You know, so if you're going defense in round one, you're thinking edge rusher or corner rather than inside linebacker because of the impact those guys make. Campbell's going to be a solid player. Whether he's going to be a all-pro, pro bowl type player is the question. Do you have to get an all-pro at 18? I don't think you do. Let's face it, when it comes down to it, the percentage of even first-round picks that become all-pros is something like 15% or something. So it's a really low number. But I think you hope to get that guy. It wasn't a surprise the Lions went defence. They were almost like number one offence, number 32 defence for, for much of last season. So it's no surprise that they went defence. I, th- I just think people expected them to perhaps go corner, you know, having traded away Jeff Okuda, or perhaps go edge rusher because you can never have enough of those guys. So I think it was just a little bit of a positional surprise. I look at the Lions draft picks. Jameer Gibbs, round one, pick 12, starter. Yeah. Right. I mean, they've, they already gave up De- DeAndre Swift. He's no longer in Detroit. Pick number 18, Jack Campbell, Iowa linebacker, starter, probably. Yeah. Sam Laporta, tight end, is another second-round pick out of Iowa. A lot of Iowa guys, considering they were not very good last year, but whatever. Sam Laporta will probably start also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brian Branch, another second-round pick. Um, Might have snuck into the first round. On a lot of draft boards, he was a first-round pick, probable starter. You have to get down to Hendon Hooker with the third-round pick before you go, yeah, that guy's not going to play this year. So they got a bunch of young guys they are going to slot in pretty much immediately. I was surprised that they got rid of both Williams and Swift. I thought that was one of the better duos in, in the NFL. Not the best, but, like, they were they're solid. I mean, Williams, what, led all running backs and touchdowns last year, and Swift, was he's been banged up, but still – yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's what makes the whole running back situation and the drafting of Gibbs. It's all very strange because they picked up David Montgomery as well from the Bears, right? So it's almost like they, they took out last year's running back crew, which was pretty damn solid to begin with, and replaced it with another bunch of guys. Right? Yeah. Um, who, who who I'm sure are going to be solid as well. But it's just like you've done Why? all of that, but, but have you really improved that position? It would have been the same. It was like – you know, getting rid of Jones and Williams and bringing in A.J. Dillon. Really kind of strange. I mean, uh-huh. Jameer Gibbs yeah. might be a good player. Yeah, I think he will be. Uh, yeah. But, but, right. How much better will he be than Jamal Williams? And Jamal Williams signed in New Orleans for another, uh, not a very big contract there. So it's kind of strange. I mean, I mean, I guess they just were like, nope, don't need this guy. We're going to go younger. David Montgomery has never impressed. I mean, behind a decent line. In Detroit, he might be very good. And if you bring Jameer Gibbs in, I mean, who knows? I just think they picked up a lot of guys who will plug and play into their lineup. Are they going to be great? I don't know. But they picked positions of need with their first, like, four guys. I look at the Vikings draft picks, Peter. Now, the Packers are huge Raz people, right? They, yeah. they love the Raz score more than most. The Vikings do not care about Rascal. The Vikings also decided that they were going to pick from just two college teams. <laughs> <laughs> Round one pick, Jordan Addison Jr. out of USC. Round three, they picked Makai Blackman, also from USC, defensive back. Then in round four, they picked Jay Ward from LSU. And then in round five, they picked another guy from LSU. Like, they 
clearly had scouts in two places in the world and they didn't have a lot of draft picks. Did the Vikings get better with Jordan Addison at pick 23? So it's not like they picked him in the top yeah. five, but yeah, I was pretty high on Jordan Addison. I would have liked to see the Packers even go there, but what quarterbacks were still around at 23? Wasn't the kid from uh... Will Levis from Kentucky, right? Yeah, Levis. I, if, if I'm the Vikings, I, I would have went quarterback my first pick. I think Cousins is on his way out. Well, he has yeah. to be at some point, right? He's not he has to be at some point. I mean, why not bring in Will Levis now and develop him over a couple of years? Learn from Co- Cousins has a high quarterback IQ. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. you could learn I mean, that, from. That's kind of where I would have went if, if I were the Vikings. But, I, I mean, that's going to be an incredible duo, right? Addison and JJ. Yeah. And JJ. Yeah, yeah. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Will he play in the slot, Peter? I think so, yeah. He played predominantly a lot. At USC and at Pittsburgh before that, so I think I think what did he go twenty three? Did you say in the draft? That's about right. You know, that's about where, where I thought it, where I thought he should go. So yeah, that's a nice pick, and I guess it was a position of need for them. Adam Thielen had moved on. Um, the Blackman pick I thought was a reach. I thought it was a huge reach. You know, without looking back, I don't know who else was on the board at that point. I mean, that's about three rounds earlier than I thought he would go. So for me, oh, that was wow. a that's a reach. Jay Ward's a nice player, the kid from LSU. About right. Um, I'm looking at your draft yeah. guide right now, Peter. You said that he was your 200th guy on your draft board and with a sixth or seventh round grade. What puts him there? I mean, I know that's number 200, so it's not like you got that information right at your fingertips. He's a redshirt senior too, which means remember. he's not a young guy. You know, it's not he's not 20. What did the Vikings give away to just have like they they didn't have shit for this draft, and they had no. one first rounder. I don't, I don't know. know where their picks went. They had one first round and they had nothing in the second, a third rounder, fourth, a fifth, right. And then the rest of it, you can pretty much write off. Like most likely those, those guys might be practice squad personnel or cut fourth, two fifths and a seventh. They don't have nothing. They've got Jordan Addison. That's about it out of that draft. They might get sure. to be in special teams or something. So my, Guess and I, I don't have it in front of me, but my guess is probably that second rounder went to Detroit for the tight end for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot Hawkinson went over there. Peter, the only question I have out of this draft, and I'm again, I'm asking you questions on pick 164 in round five, Jaron Hall. Yeah, again, he's a late pick, and that would make sense for a team who has a quarterback who has four or five years left. Yeah. Thoughts on this guy? Why would they pick a redshirt senior? Does he have upside? What, what? I don't know. It's a round five pick, so it could be anything. I mean, I liked him as a pick, as a possibility for the, for the Packers late round quarterback pick. Now he'd gone before Sean Clifford was off the, off the board, but I liked him. I guess the issue with Hall is that he's 25 years old has a little bit of an injury history. And although he is a, a senior, of course, he played behind Zach Wilson at, at BYU. So only played really the last couple of years. Athletic guy with a decent arm, makes plays off process, off structure. So when plays break down, he makes he still makes plays. So he's got stuff going for him as kind of a fourth or fifth round pick, but he doesn't look like a guy. I mean, six foot. He's not Whoa. coming in as being a prototypical 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, quarterback which is what you typically look for so he doesn't look like a guy that's going to be the next starter just doesn't look like 
that guy. So I think he probably would fit better, in my view, in a team where there's going to be an established starter where he's going to be probably a career backup, which makes it a strange pick for the Vikings to me. Because they're going to need quarterback at some point. I don't get it either. If the Vikings had gone Hendon Hooker, say, in round – well, they didn't have a second-round pick, but you know, had they got in second or third-round pick for Hendon, you could fully have understood that pick because that's a guy that could potentially be a starter in the NFL for a long time once he gets beyond the recovery from this injury. So you could have understood that pick. For them, I don't understand the pick of a, of a guy that looks like a solid backup for a few years. Todd, do you think the trend is going away from taller guys because they're going to go to more mobile quarterbacks? If I'm a GM, or I could never buy into that. I just couldn't. I mean, a I running think quarterback? Have, well, not a running quarterback, but a shorter quarterback. I think you have to have that, the length and the height in order to, you know, to deal with the the size of the the linemen that are that are in your face, and the linemen that are going to smash into you. Yeah, and that's not going to change. What Drew Brees was what six one ish, so yeah. he's kind of like the. But yeah, I, I would never buy into it. I just couldn't. I don't know where this is going because I think the big thing is yeah, guys keep getting bigger, stronger, and more athletic on the defensive line, guys that are tackling you are more athletic. You have to be big enough to take that beating because you're going to get hit. Even if you're not a running quarterback, if you're just a guy that stands in the pocket, which is tough at six feet tall or 5'11", you got to get out of there and then you're going to get hit more. I don't, I'm with you. I don't get it. But if that's all you can draft, because there aren't any six foot four guys out there, because it doesn't seem like there are a ton of them that can play. I guess, what else do you do? Any other thoughts on the other team's draft before we move on? No? So let's look really quickly at the schedule. We will go in-depth very soon and pick wins and losses off the Packers' schedule. But for right now, let's just look at it quickly. Packers open up 325 game at Chicago in week one. Their schedule doesn't look disgustingly bad in the beginning of the season. No. I mean, if you look at their first six games, Bears, Falcons, Saints, Lions, Raiders, Broncos. Those are the first six games of the season. I'm not asking you to predict. You're the Jordan Love guy. So I'll start with this. If Jordan Love is going to stumble in the first six weeks, what game does he stumble in? If he's going to stumble, I think it's it's week one. Because it's week one, it's on the road, it's against the Bears. If the Bears have a strength, it's on the defense rather than the offensive side of the ball. I think it's there if he's gonna if he's if he's gonna stumble. You almost couldn't have picked a better start for the Packers, really. And now I know the first two games were on the road, which is first time that's happened for seven seasons. But again, if you're gonna pick two games to go on the road, the Bears and Falcons are not too not too bad games to pick. It's not like you're going to the 49ers and the Vikings or something. It's it's it right. could have been a lot worse. So those first six games could go any way, but certainly the Packers have a chance to come out of those very nicely. Todd, thoughts on the first third of the schedule? I think it's favorable, obviously. It's hard for me. Like this is the first year in 18 some odd years. <laughs> well, even the far beers too, you threw all that in. This is the first year going back to like I guess Randy Wright or all that, but there's not the Aaron Rodgers factor because the rest of the team can suck or, or be young or inexperienced or not playing to, to their potential. But then there's always the Aaron Rodgers factor. 
So you can look at those games and go, well, he could pull it off. You know, now without that, it's hard to look at the schedule and say, oh, we're playing the Lions. Like we would almost look past that. We would, but they would beat us a lot of times. <laughs> yes, they did. They, I don't know why, but it's challenging to look at the schedule. If I'm looking at it through, can Jordan Love play without a lot of mistakes? The entire schedule from top to bottom, I think, is is favorable. I know he's going to be dealing with a lot, but he's he's not getting like the Chiefs and the Niners and, you know. Not initially, right. Yeah, not initially, but I think it suits him well. I think the schedule is, is decent for Jordan Love. I think it's interesting that the Packers play the Bears in the first week and then they don't play them until week 18 at the end. I tend to lean, Peter, with what you said also is that I think in week one, it will have it will be a pressure. The amount of questions he's going to get and the amount of scrutiny he's going to get in week one is not only going to be tremendous because it's his first start. It's not his first start, but it's the first time where the Packers are his team. I also think because Justin Fields is on the other side of things that that might create some pressure because it's two young quarterbacks and they're going to be compared to each other until one of them leaves the division or both of them leave the division. But I think that will create some pressure as well. I think the other thing that comes into play there, I mean, the last two years, the Packers have been blown out in the opening game of the season, the last two seasons, pretty much because, well, one of the reasons is, that none of the starters have played at all in the preseason. It will be interesting to see what they do this year. Does Jordan Love play in the preseason? I think he has to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I didn't but, agree but you, of that. You know, the last couple of years, you know, when was the last time Rodgers played a preseason game? And I understand it's Aaron Rodgers and all of that, but it's a long time. You know, none of the starters played in preseason the last two years, pretty much. Bakhtiari, well, obviously was injured, but Aaron Jones didn't play. Dylan didn't play. The receivers didn't play this year. I think they have to. Else they're gonna. They're gonna. You don't want to get into a situation where you've lost the first two games because you're still trying to get your guys up to speed. You know, they're not a team that can afford to, if you like, throw away two opportunities to win. And those first two games are opportunities to win. Tricky call too is like you mentioned Bakhtiari. Like, how much does he play, or does would you throw him out there in the preseason this year? Because if you don't, then you're putting Love at risk. That's a tough call. I don't think Jordan Love can be on the field without Bakhtiari. Or some so, experienced lineman over there. Yeah. Yeah. And do we have that? I mean, they could they could do the, like they did last year, like flip everyone around, right? Out of position. You know, does Elton Jenkins go over there? Who knows? Oh, Zach like, Tom, not Yash Nyman. I, I suppose, think there's actual. I yeah, yeah, you we, can't throw something. Those are out tough there calls. can't play. But then again, you start that whole cycle all over again, like we did last year, right? Flip-flopping guys around. When the preseason is meant to like gain cohesiveness on the line of like where you're supposed to be. And if you're doing that in the preseason, and all of a sudden, oh, it's week one, everybody go back to where they belong, then the preseason was pointless. So I think that's a whole dynamic between like how much playing time does Jordan Love have in the preseason? When do you pull him? How many snaps? Who is where in order to protect him the best? Otherwise, he's going to get demolished. I think one of the advantages of having a young team is that that young team is going to have to play in the preseason. Oh, God, yes. And then maybe because the Packers have had to play guys in the preseason, they won't start so slowly like they have done in years past. So this may be a positive thing, right? This whole youth movement, they come out of the gate strong. We talked about this, Peter. Momentum is a real thing. I mean, Mike Wall talked about it, and he's an NFL player. He talked about how much momentum actually matters and how 
the demeanor of a game or of a season does matter in how they play. And this schedule, I'm not saying the Packers are going to go 6-0. We'll get into that down the road. It would surprise me if they had a losing record, is what I'm saying. I mean, not like an 0-6 type record going into week seven. That would be a huge surprise. The other interesting thing about that schedule early is, you know, they play the... So week four, they play the Lions on the Thursday night game. So in essence, that's the Sunday night. Sunday game brought forward three days. So 28th of September, that game is. And then they go from the 29th of September all the way through to the 21st of October, only playing one more game. Almost a month where they only play play one game. Yeah, they play that Monday night against the Raiders in Las Vegas, and then they don't play for... So that, yeah, holy smokes. I did not realize that, Peter, until you just said that. They play the Lions on Thursday night, 28th. They play the Raiders on Monday night on the 9th. That's 11 days difference. Then they don't play the Broncos until the 22nds because there's a bye week in there in between. Wow. Nobody wants their bye week that early anyway. Holy monkey. It might be in our favor to kind of, you know, take a pause for Jordan Love. Coming out the gate, you got what's before that happens, what, five, six games? Like, take a break, heal up, watch some film. It might work in our favor, actually. That, it might. That, but if they're 6-0 and oh, coming out, like, out of there, you know. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> I, I don't – and I don't think that's <laughs> – I don't think that's in the cards, but – Anything else about the schedule? We play the Chiefs. It seems like we do not play the 49ers, but it that feels like we play them every year at least right. once, right? So they're not on the schedule. Tampa Bay's on the schedule. I don't know who's gonna be playing quarterback. I saw I thought I saw Baker Mayfield is a buck now. He is play them at so home so. December. Yikes. But the other interesting thing was that the Packers still got you know the maximum five primetime games. Rogers have moved on. Plus they play in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't like that at all. That's right. So they played, yeah, they played Detroit both times on Thursday. The last time they played on Thursday, Aaron Rodgers threw that ball to the moon. Wasn't that again? That was on a Thursday night too, against the Lions. The the uh, the Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah. It was. I know it was on a Thursday night because I almost dumped a whole table full of beers after a wrestling match on (laughs) at the bar when he threw that touchdown. The NFL also does not care about Packer fans and how cold it's going to be. The Packers play against Philadelphia December 3rd. They play at New York on a night game December 11th. At home against Tampa Bay on the 17th. They also play the last game of the season, January 7th, to be determined. What if that's a night game? Holy smokes. That'll suck a lot. Peter, that's the game you should come to the United States. going to be frigid. It is going to be some cold-ass shit there. Holy smokes. That's true. Yikes. So, yeah. What else? Is that it? I think so. I love doing this. Even when there's nothing to talk about, it's nice to see you guys. Yeah, likewise. So thanks for listening to episode 124 of the Average Cheese Podcast, the Willie Wood episode. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go pack go.